0: Hello Cubs, happy Monday. You're listening to episode 34 of Cheer Up Babe the Podcast with me, your host, VJ Julio. What's up, babe? Dude, this is the fucking problem with the internet and I'm not even being facetious about it. I could do what the host of Cheer Up Babe the Podcast does. Let's read that one more time. I I got aggressively descriptive and you saw it and you're welcome happy monday that's right babe episode 34 on and popping off and kicking off first of things first let's uncover the important issues from the jump let's cover the really really important things from the jump so that i don't forget them like i did last episode guy fieri is not the same guy as bobby flay okay let's cover the, the most important issue right now guy fieri with the blonde spiky hair is not Supermaster Chef Bobby Flay, who had a career on the Food Network for 30 years, who I ragged for about six minutes two episodes ago under the connotation that it was Guy Fieri. And that's my bad. Okay? That's on me. As a plethora of you let me know, Not the same guy, and I knew it wasn't the same guy. I just, right when I read the headline title of when we were doing the pop culture news letter, sure, and I decided to rag on it because I thought it was Guy Fieri, because fuck Guy Fieri, because he has an entire career by going, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm mm -mm." I absolutely out of touch degraded Super Chef Bobby Flay. Is that what it was called? Master Chef Bobby Faye. No, Master Chef is Gordon Ramsay. All hail. But Super Chef Bobby Flay. And that's my bad because here's the thing. I don't know the first thing about Bobby Flay legitimately. Don't even know what he looks like. No, what Guy Fieri looks like. Looks like a fucking cartoon. Also, mm mm. But ultimately, that's my bad. And I fucked it up, and that's my bad. So. And that's why I fuck I when I fuck up, that's what we do. When I fuck up, that's the drop. We make it we make it upbeat. You know, if you fuck up, everyone's gonna fuck up. When you fuck up, you make it upbeat. You make it banging. You turn the fuck up into a banging and you just keep rolling with the punches and you use other sort of innocuous fucking terminologies that people just throw out there that are redundant. Like you just keep rolling with the punches, even though Most people have never been in a fist fight in their life. You just use redundant statements like that when you fuck up because it's time to turn up for the fuck up. And I know what you're thinking right now. Oh my God, he added another drop. That one is kind of long, so if he gets a little too aggressive with it, it's going to get annoying really, really fast. But don't worry, I'll use it sparingly, unless I don't, in which case, my bad, I fucked up. Ultimately, what I'm saying is, bitch, don't kill my vibe. Okay? Now, that was the most important thing that we could have... Possibly talked about was my sincere and humble apologies to Super Chef Bobby Flay. Don't know what you look like or who you are, but my sincerest apologies because I ragged you under the connotation that I thought you were Guy Fieri. Almost forgot his name. That's fine. Almost said Bobby Flay while apologizing to Bobby Flay, but that's just me. And I'm sorry. So I know that he heard it. You know, I'm, I know that it got clipped and passed around and he, his managing team sent him an email that said, "Sir, you've been targeted by one of the most outstanding podcasts ever in recorded history." And first off, the production value is off the charts. He for sure didn't buy his entire setup for a hundred and fifty total dollars. He's just guns a fucking blazing, you know. You've been targeted by this guy who has a podcast with anywhere in the range of 150 listeners to 250 million listeners shout out Joe Rogan it's in that range I'm not going to tell you what the number is but it's in between the first number I said that I already forgot and 250 million listeners it's in between those two and Bobby Flay he shed a tear because he doesn't want to be hated by some random podcast guy he doesn't want to be hated by anybody because we don't want to be hated by anybody the only person that seems like he wants to be fucking hated by people is Guy Fieri. Cut your hair. <laughs> and I um, sincerely would also like to apologize to you, Cubs, uh, because that shit's going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the week. Happy Monday. Welcome to the show. Also, another important topic we need to discuss before we get into the nitty gritty it's and bits of following the breadcrumbs and shit, we need to cover the fact that my wife is no longer allowed on this podcast based off of a conversation we had this week, okay? She's not allowed. She's not allowed. She's never been against the podcast, right? But she's never been for the podcast, her support came through lack of complaining about it, which I accepted. I'm like, fuck yeah. I count that as on board. If, you're, if you don't give me any gruff about starting a podcast and you just let me do my thing, I'm taking that as support. Now, what she's never been is f- feet in the door. And what she's never wanted to do really is be on it. And then we're talking about it this week and where I'm like, you know telling her some new exciting things that have happened the last few weeks and certain things that are in the works and you know just the the fact that the fucking den is just getting filled with cubs and stuff and she goes maybe I should be on like once a month and I was like what I immediately in my brain I circled back to hey what are you going to tell people if the podcast blows up? Tell people you sell drugs. Remember how that was the first conversation we had? Remember how my wife said, was never going to say my husband has a podcast even if it exploded? If the podcast was supporting us financially and people asked what I did, she's going to tell them I sell drugs, which makes me sound cooler than when I have a podcast, but that shows you that foot's out the door. And then I tell her about all the cubs in the den and she goes, maybe I should be on once a month. And I go, okay, I'll bite. Let's see how far this conversational rabbit hole goes. Why do you want to be on the podcast once a month? And she goes, I'm your bread and butter. Now I'm looking for the next sorry fuck muscle. at that point because boiling lava hot behind the ears, because here's what I'm not going to allow. I'm not going to allow a clout chaser under my roof. I'm not going to allow some posing ass hanging on the coattails clout chaser on the podcast. You can sit in the corner now, right? You can sit in the corner now. You don't even get to be a cub in the den with the cubs. And you're the mama bear. So the mama bear has been rejected from the pack because she's trying to be a posing ass clout chaser. Get in the corner. You get what I'm saying? So Bobby Flay, I'm sorry. And Jordan... Get the fuck over there in the corner. (laughs) And obviously, I'm being sarcastic because I'm still, of course, going to have my wife on. But I just found it funny that she's just going to whip out her true colors of, well, I'm not going to waste my time on your podcast when you're scraping for listeners at the bottom of a barrel. And then suddenly I tell her some new exciting things that are happening. And she goes, I should be on once a month because I'm your bread and butter. I said, Jordan, don't you remember that you have anxiety? (laughs) Dude, I fucking love my wife. She cracks me up. I had to remind her of, hey, you want to be on the podcast once a month? When? What are the babies doing? Now, sure, I got the baby monitor down here at all times when I'm recording for sure. But when are we going to get down to the studio and be alone for two hours? You and I haven't been alone for longer than 15 minutes. In 13 and a half months. So when are we going to sneak off to record a podcast together, babe? You remember the nine day old we have? (laughs) And she was like, that's a good point. And I was like, you are going to be on the podcast when we set up the studio for double mics, which is coming quick, fast and in a hurry. I was like, but let's not jump the gun. Here's the thing. My wife is an all in type of girl. Okay. She's either all the way out or she's all the way in. And when she's all the way in on something, she goes, you know what we should do with my decision to go into whatever the venture is? We should pile on, burn the candle from three ends and have our plate runneth over. And so that's something that we've been working on as a couple in terms of maybe just one step at a time. Maybe just see if you even like the vibe of sitting down and talking for an hour and a half into a microphone because a lot of people can't hang. But yeah, dude, that's Wifey right there. I'm friggin' I am excited for her to be on here. And I know I've talked about it for like three weeks in a row. Ever since the one person asked when the when Wifey's going to be on the podcast. She sounds cool. And she is cool. And that's why I'm excited about it. So I keep bringing it up until it fucking happens. But that's kind of on me at this point. So I'll stop bringing it up. Okay. Starting episode 35. I won't bring it up. And then it's just going to be a fucking surprise. And it's going to be fun. But she's a fucking rock star, dude. Like so obviously we got the Charlotte baby. We have little Charlotte K just coming into our lives and making it that much better. And she is honestly such a good baby. She'll like kind of cluster feed for a few hours and then she'll work out a shit for the next hour. And then she'll sleep for like four. Four or five hours just sleeping. And if you think that there's a, something on this planet cuter than a brand new baby sleeping soundly, you got another thing coming. But this like the opposite of Gracie because Gracie was like every hour and a half to two hours on the hour and a half to two hours forever. As in all day, all night. There was no giant gaps. Like, dude, we slept, we slept uninterrupted for six hours last night. And we have a nine-day old and my wife is such a freaking stud. I went back to work on Friday. I I did my I I did my paternity leave. <laughs> That's a thing that I'm happy that exists. But appreciative of my place of work, my place of employment to allow me to do that. That was super fucking rad. Made the transition for Jordan and I a lot easier, but my wife is such a fucking rockstar, dude. She just her mood is so much better with the second baby in terms of like we're not nervous because we've done we've been through the ropes a little bit we've we've gone through having a baby and knowing like what things you should be nervous about what things you are going to be okay about like what things you should freak out about and what not, And having that experience has been just so much more enjoyable the second time around, because obviously with the first baby, the not knowing is the scariest part. You don't know what you should be paying attention to in terms of like, is she gagging too much? Like, does she, does she burp too much? Like just silly stuff, but it's like, it's in your brain. And then your second baby rolls around and you know what things are a little bit more red flag ish. And So the entire experience has just been awesome. Now, how is the energy? Well, the energy is great. How is the day-to-day transition, Vincent? Tell us about that. That's what you just asked. I'll tell you. First of all, Gracie is the best older sister ever, and I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't mean to let you down. You were excited to hear about mad older sister stories. I know you. You're you're addicted to drama, and you wanted to hear some behind the door screaming and kicking stories. But there are none. You know what Gracie does? The only contact that she makes with her baby sister, because she understands that she's supposed to be soft, is she gives her kisses. Every single time that she wakes up from her nap, she gives her baby sister kisses. And she also already calls her baby sister sissy, which melts my entire soul. I would say it melts my heart, but it melts... My entire existence, it melts me into a puddle. So now, I'm not only excited about when Gracie wakes up from a nap, that when I walk into the room, she's going to go, hello, like she does after every single nap. But now I'm excited to pick her up, walk her out to the living room, and she goes, sissy, 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 like that, and points, because she's a great pointer. And I bring her over, and she goes, mwah, every single time she wakes up from a nap, and I'm a fucking pile of mashed potatoes pick me up and scoop me out because can't take it now in terms of obviously throughout the day jordan has to be the one that's more attentive to charlotte girl because brand new baby what does she want mommy's titty but but it's okay because when she cries and wants mama's titty i don't get I've said that she's not okay with me holding her anymore. I just go, I get it. Samesies. Which is a whole fucking thing in and of itself. I don't know about y'all, but the months after my wife has a baby, I'm like never more attracted to her because I've just like witnessed her do this amazing thing and I like saw her power and I say power because I don't know another word to put there, but it sounds kind of cheesy, but I watched what she could do, and I'm attracted to that. And so, I mean, 16-year-old VJ comes out in a fucking hurry where it's like, guess what I want to do? Don't even have to say it. Guess what I want to do? Because I don't know how to explain it without being explicit, but men are, on average, attracted to boobs. And then a woman who is breastfeeding has... A few cup sizes up. And then my wife goes, well, I'm at home with the kiddos all day. So I'm just going to burn the bra and let the heavies hang. And I'm over here like, hello, 16-year-old hormones. (laughs) Hello, one-track mind. Hello, let's do four rounds. (laughs) Hello. Oh, hey. Hey there, bud. Mr. Think about it every 45 seconds has been asleep for a while. Hey, better put yourself in hibernation for a few months because wifey obviously needs a recovery period. You watched what she just did and it was amazing. But when you take down a castle, it's going to take a second to rebuild the castle. So you can't go back into the castle until the castle's rebuilt. So even though it's raining and cold and frigid outside and you want nothing more than a little bit of reprieve from the weather inside the walls of the castle, there's no castle right now. It's being rebuilt. So wait patiently outside the castle and shut up. I think that's the smidgen little bit of payback that comes with being a guy in the relationship where when your wife is pregnant and has a baby you literally do nothing you feel worthless other than emotional support but the woman has to literally do everything grow the baby have the baby feed the baby and your whole thing is you're just kind of cut off for a while so it's not fair but it's you know 84 percent. and i just talked for entirely too long about that (laughs) but what was i saying oh yeah since jordan is with the baby with the heavies out all day. I obviously, it's a divide-and-conquer situation where I need to be keeping Gracie Girl entertained 24-7. So it's playtime 24-7. You better not take a knee. You better not get off those feet. You better be up. You better be dancing. You better be reading books. You better be learning things. You better be cooking every single meal with her in her arms, letting her help you stir pancake batter, favorite, brushing her teeth with her because she has teeth oh my god so cute and you better keep that energy high now the only negative thing that has changed is when there was one baby and you gotta take a shit you just pass that baby off to the other parent and you go about your business now when there's two babies there's no time to take a shit And this is the first time in my life that I've had to hold it for multiple hours on end. And that is by far my least favorite part. It's not a big deal, though, because in comparison to everything else, it's not that bad. But never had to hold my shits for so long before. And now I have to hold my shits like crazy long. So there's your peak. There's your peek behind the curtain. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. By the time that the episode after this one comes out, it's going to be the day after Halloween, so I have to say happy Halloween right now, and I wanted to dress in a costume for you guys for this episode, but I did not. Well, I guess I kind of fucking did. Listen, I don't plan these outfits. The only thing I really throw on last second is shoes because I refuse to do a podcast in socks. I just refuse it. Because it makes me feel super uncomfortable. And you're never getting bare feet because you haven't subscribed to my OnlyFans yet with my elbow pits. But happy Halloween. Be safe this weekend, okay? I mean, I know it's Monday. And all of you listen to it on Monday. I know that. <laughs> but you're going to have a beautiful week. But this weekend, be safe. Have a crazy amount of fun. And know that I'm having the time of my life trick-or-treating with Gracie, okay? So just know that. But happy Halloween. Favorite favorite holiday Period. Point blank. End of story. And that starts this year. Now, it was one of my favorite holidays back when I was younger. Right now, dude, I'm all in haunted houses. Sign me the fuck up. And I had my best childhood friend, like young, younger childhood, like I think probably around like nine to like 12. He was my absolute best friend. We hung out close to every single day that we were able. Billy Steinlick. I'm not sure if I've talked about him before, but I, but I'm almost certain I have. Now, Billy had such a love for slasher movies like Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. Those are the two ones that I clicked with him the most on. Like after we watched them, I was like, yeah, I fuck with those heavy. He also loved all the other stuff like Army of the Dead, Pinhead, all that shit. I didn't like those ones as much. I did like the boomstick line. This is my Boomstick. Because I don't even remember the context. That's the only line I remember. And I'm pretty sure he, uh, he had a shotgun d- for an arm. I might be remembering that incorrectly because it was literally 20 years ago. But I think he had a shotgun for an arm. But Billy's love for slasher movies and like bloodydisgusting.com. Billy was the guy who took me to my first concert. Alice Cooper was my first concert when I was a child. Alice Cooper killed himself four times on stage to transition into his next outfit for his next song. He killed himself four times on stage. I was like 11, and I watched Alice Cooper hang himself on a stage. First concert. Didn't know what to expect, what a concert was. I thought we were just, I didn't know. We were standing up, and Alice Cooper killed himself a bunch of times. That's what I remember from that. And I got an Alice Cooper t-shirt. And his family paid for the entire fucking trip for me. And it was so much fun. But Billy loved slasher movies. He loved bloodydisgusting.com, which that is such a niche callback that I don't know. Probably none of you are going to get that one. I don't even know if it's a site anymore. Here's a hint. Don't fucking look it up. Because half of my traumatic memories are from shit that I watched on that site with Billy. Now, Billy and I would play video games and we would watch slasher movies. And one Halloween, we went trick-or-treating together. And we had one goal. Do you think we went out there with a sack? (laughs) You fucking amateur. You think I had a pumpkin? A plastic $1.50 pumpkin from Savers? that I would go around and I would try to fill with candy. No, we're emptying out the extra large pillowcases and we're going to go and go and go until we fill those fucking pillowcases and that's it. So that's what we did. Here was our plan. We're going to go out. We're going to have a spooky Halloween night. We're going to fill these motherfucking pillowcases up. We're going to absolutely break in to the abandoned house so here's the wild thing. So I had like my childhood house that I, that we first moved into when we moved to Idaho, my childhood home. And then my family built a house and moved and Billy moved across the fucking alleyway in my childhood house. It was like, God damn it. We, we were so close. We were so close to crossing those paths. But that block that those houses were on that went my old childhood home neighbor that I stole clothespins from when I was a kid and I would always run around naked in their backyard. They still have pictures and then an abandoned house. And then the house next to that was a girl that I eventually had a relationship with. So it was childhood home neighbor that I stole clothespins from and ran around in her backyard, naked abandoned house. And then father of a girl that I would have a relationship with. It's a whole, it's small town vibes, babe. It's small town vibes. So on Halloween, we're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to break into the abandoned house with our pillowcases full of candy. Now, we stopped at his house because it's also on the same block. It makes This story makes it sound like every fucking house is on one block in American Falls. And it's close, but it's not quite that. It's just the days of our lives. So we drop the pillowcases off at his house full of candy. And we're going to go break into the abandoned house. Now, I have always been a let me show off my muscles type of guy. So even at, I don't know, 11 years old, I was like, we're going to get in that door. I know it's boarded shut, Billy, but we're going to get in that door and we have flashlights and we're going to get in that door and we're going to see what's up. We've broken the door. And now that I'm thinking back to it, I haven't thought about this in so long. There were for sure squatters in that house. And I didn't know what a squatter was when I was this old. But there were for sure had been squatters in this house because there was like beds made up of like old dirty shit that was found around the town. Now, that's terrifying because imagine if one of them was still there, (laughs) you know, the house was condemned. Imagine if it was still there. That would make this story a lot fucking crazier, but it's not that crazy. We just walked around the house a little bit and then we went down to the basement And we were like saying creepy shit while we were down in the basement doing kids shit. Amongst the things that now thinking back were obviously beds for homeless people. But there was this like closet in the back of the basement of this condemned house. And yeah, dude, you might be thinking you were a ballsy 11 year old. Yeah, I had the stones. I had the stones back then. We went down into the basement and it was like, what if we open that closet and there was a skeleton in there? And so the tension rose. Because the what-ifs are what fear is based on. And so when you're two kids walking through a condemned house with flashlights talking about what-ifs, you can basically see in the dark because your adrenaline's so high. Now ask yourself if we had the stones to open that closet and find out. You bet your sweet fucking ass. But we were so what ifed in our brain that just the opening of the closet door without even seeing what was in it was our signal to get the fuck out of there i don't think that i've ever ran more fear-based and terrified than just opening a closet in a basement of a condemned house i've ran from dogs i've ran from cops i took eighth place in the hundred meter dash <laughs> but i've never ran as fast as I did when I was 11 years old, running away from a what if skeleton in a basement of a condemned house on Halloween night. So we get back to Billy's house, which was three houses away. And we get our pillowcases full of candy and we turn on the slasher movies in the living room, which was another cool part of it. We put out sleeping bags in the living room and watched it on the big screen, the slasher movies. And we're just wolf candy and Billy passes out. And I stay up and I'm, and I have my pillowcase full and I'm picking out all my favorites. I'm not a big hard candy kind of guy. I'm more of like a soft caramels type of guy. The Fruities Tootsie Rolls, not the actual Tootsie Rolls, those taste like shit, but the Fruities Tootsie Rolls. I'm eating all those, all the taffies, all the soft stuff, bit of honeys. Sure. It's for 86 year old grandmas, but I dive into those hardcore as fuck. Are there bite-sized Snickers? Sign me up. As long as it's not a hard candy, I'm in. Unless it's a Tootsie Roll. And also, let's settle this debate right now. Candy corn is fine. Candy corn is fine in moderation. The only time candy corn becomes gross is after you surpass the 20 pieces limit. Okay? That's the end of the point. Just wanted to say that. End of the discussion and never needs to be talked about again. I don't make the rules. I just say them. But Billy's asleep in his sleeping bag on the floor of his living room. I'm eating all the candy out of my pillowcase. And after I've eaten literally half a pillowcase full of candy, I pass out. And you might be thinking, is that the end of the story? No. About an hour later, the 15,000 calories of confection sugar that are hitting my belly give me the rumbly tumblies. And I've never felt that before. I've never woken up and been so immediately wide awake to that point in my life. It was almost like an out of body experience. I didn't feel real in my own body. I felt like I was, I stood up immediately. That was kind of the weirdest thing. My eyes shot open and I just stood up. There was no gap from being dead ass passed out of sleep, dreaming about Freddy Krueger trying to slice me up with his hand knives, and me being on my feet. There was no gap in between those two things. And when I stood up, it's like all of the candy finally hit the bottom of the stomach and sent the signals to my brain to go release the cannons. So I took six steps as fast as I could out of the living room. Now, here's the problem. We were in this living room area. You have to walk to the corner of the living room through a doorway, and then you have to walk through a kitchen, and then the bathroom is tucked back in the back of his house by the back door next to his parents' bedroom. That's a long distance to walk. And I made it six steps. And six steps did not cover the ground that needed to be covered to get myself to the toilet. And I projectile vomited over five feet through the doorway of the kitchen, almost to the other side of the kitchen. Now, in my kid brain, I go, oh, no, stay quiet. You don't want to wake up the house. So I grabbed their pasta pot that was sitting on the counter and I just heaved almost every single piece of candy into that pasta pot and I tried to do it quietly. Now I finished puking, which lasted about two minutes. I lost 10 pounds. It's a great diet plan. Just kidding. Probably shouldn't make bulimia jokes. Just kidding. Don't do that. And I go, I'm going to keep this under wraps. I quietly set the pasta pot down and I go, how can I clean this without waking anybody up too late? Billy's parents come out and they see me standing at the doorway of the kitchen holding a pasta pot that's essentially full and then a direct straight line five feet in front of me, a line of more puke. And now as a parent, I think if I watched one of Gracie's friends or one of Charlotte's friends do that, I'd go, get this fucking kid out of my house. Not because gross puke, but I don't want to have an 11 year old die on my kitchen floor because he's clearly dying. He clearly has an undiagnosed disease and he's dying. Get him out of my house because I'm super caring like that. But Billy's parents, good people. Good peeps cleaned me up, called my parents, let them know that I was sick. My parents came and picked me up, and I went home, and I slept it off, but that's my favorite Halloween thing that happened, but that's just the lifestyle, okay? When you're in the Halloween shit, you're in the Halloween shit, and that entire experience encompasses the Halloween shit, from the goal-setting of the candy, to the terror of the condemned house, to the binge eating the candy to the watching the slasher movies to the sleeping on the living room floor to the projectile vomiting all over your friend's house it's all part of the halloween theme and i was all in like i love haunted houses i loved all that shit i loved haunted houses so much i went to a haunted house after a knee surgery and a high ankle sprain okay i've led a pack of friends because that's the thing too i You know how you usually creep through haunted houses, like huddled in a line. I was always in the front because I'm like, I want the biggest fright. I want the biggest terror. I want the biggest scare. I love this shit. Let's go. But I'm. there was one point in that haunted house, just real quick, where I'm all fucking busted up. So we're literally limping through the haunted house, which was working out fine because no one wanted to go fast until a fucking clown popped up behind us and the entire group pushed me. The entire group. Pushed me and I had to hop on one fucking leg so that I didn't buckle and it hurt a lot. But that's beside the point. My wife is not into horror movies anymore. She used to be not so much anymore. I think the Conjuring series fucked her up because it was a little too realistic, and now she can't watch horror movies anymore. She's also not interested in haunted houses. And this is not an attack on my wife. This is just, oh, she's an adult now. Why the fuck go through it? I get it. I get it. But now I have two baby girls that I'm going to nurture in the culture of Halloween, and we're bringing the fright back. I'm not saying I'm gonna scare them. I'm gonna say I'm saying I'm going to surround everything. About this holiday in excitement. And they are going to be fiends, babe. I'm talking, daddy, let's go to another haunted house. Let's fucking do it. Daddy, let's go to the haunted corn maze. Let's fucking do it. I'm not saying this year. Relax. I'm saying next year. And we're always going to have group costumes. If you think I'm just going to fucking half-ass it and sandbag it, you got another fucking thing coming. They're going to pick whatever they want to do. And then I'm going to surround my costume around that until they hit the age... Where they just want to go out with their friends and they don't want their dad to be there anymore. And then on that day, I'm going to cry. And I'm going to rage scream that song with tears streaming down my face and hand out candy bars to kids. But until that point, we're all fucking in. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. But happy Halloween. I wanna know what your costumes are. I want you guys I want you guys to let me know what your costumes are. Okay? And here's the deal. I'm getting a little bit overexcited. I'm 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 saying if you go as a cub for Halloween, I'm gonna send you free shit. That just is what it is. If you go as a cub and you post on Instagram, I'm gonna send you free shit. I'll give you a free hoodie. I'll send you stickers. Two. I'll i I'll fucking give one lucky cub. The one and only Cheer Up Babe the podcast coffee mug, and to sh- prove that I'm, this is just completely from the hip. I don't even have the coffee coffee mug in front of me to show you what the fuck I'm talking about. But there's one one of a kind Cheer Up Babe coffee mug that I drink from, and I will send it to you. I'm just like I'm just throwing it in there. I'm just throwing it. We're just shooting from the hip. We're just we're just gonna send free shit. I'm flying from the fucking seat of my pants. Do you guys want to pick some of the th- something that goes on my arm permanently forever? Here's the deal. I'm getting a ton of work done on my arm in January. A ton of it. Getting lots of tattoos on my arm to complete what we got going on over here. Okay? Because we've been at half-assness for a year and a half now. And finally, in January, we're planning it out. We're getting it all that. But do you guys want to have a little peace? God, should I get that fucking psychotic with this? I don't know. I don't know. That makes me nervous. That makes me nervous. I just got a little bit nervous. I just got a little bit hot behind the ears that I might let. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm a man of my word. I'm going to let a random OG cub pick something that goes on my body permanently. Fuck it. I'm just not going to tell Jordan that that's where it's from. I'm just going to say I just connect with it personally. You guys will know. I'll let all of you know. But my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. So, but with her, I'll be like, actually, what it connects to the reason I went with this is because of a random childhood story that I'll make up on the spot at the moment, depending on what the tattoo is. Dude, I'm fucking, I'm fucking feeling wild. All right. And you know that I'll do it. That's the thing. You know that I'll do it. Right now, some of you are rolling your eyes. Oh my God. He's just fucking talking. He's not going to do that. Bet. Bet. Go as a cub on Halloween. Fucking post it on Instagram or wear your OG cub hoodie. I'll send you free shit. Maybe I'll add another thing in order to be yeah, I'll make a post on Instagram. That'll be like a submission thing for like the tattoo idea. And I'm going to pick one lucky cub to be a part of a tattoo, but I'm a man of my word and I am what I am. Probably would have better time to use that drop a little earlier, but (laughs) you know, Shoot from the hip. Now, here's the deal, babe. We're going to do an original Reddit version of Unqualified Dad Advice. I'm going to split them out. I'm going to do Cub Unqualified Dad Advice. And then the next episode, I'll do original Reddit Unqualified Dad Advice. By the way, we need to update the name because I'm not an unqualified dad anymore. Two babies. Two beautiful baby princess queens in my life. So let's do some semi-qualified dad advice. So we have a lot of new listeners that probably don't even know the origin of this. So what this is, is I go on Reddit, okay? I go to the advice column on Reddit, and I don't pre-pick these. We scroll, stop. I usually give a piece of advice based off of the title because we like to judge books by their cover on this show. Show? What the fuck? Podcast? How many times? How many times? Show. Say that shit again. I'm going to fucking smack you in the lips. But I scroll, stop, find a random post, read the title, give advice, then we jump into the actual body of it to see if I was close on the advice. And if I need to adjust my advice from there, I'll adjust my advice from there. We have had multiple versions of this where I stopped doing that because sometimes it got a little insensitive, but I'm back on my bullshit. So here we are. We're going to scroll, stop, landlord trying to charge me extra two months rent from jclo18. One thing you guys are going to, if you're new here, one thing you're going to know is the juxtaposition in these posts is abhorrent. How's that for some fucking vocab words for you? Look it up. The juxtaposition of these posts is abhorrent. You have people with legitimate, hard-hitting, sad issues, and then you have people that are like, can't pick what socks to wear, all right? And this one seems like it's a little bit in the middle ground. Landlord trying to charge me extra two months rent. You probably fucked up. Okay. Or you signed a 12 month lease and you're trying to dip diddy skip out of your 12 month lease. Those are the two things that I'm going to assume right off the bat. And they say that assuming makes an ass out of you and me. I say trying to leave your lease early makes an ass out of you. Follow the contract. If you sign the contract, follow the contract. And that's coming from a guy who lived in like seven different apartments. And that's no joke. I have more experience moving than I had different girlfriends in high school. Okay. Up to speed. So I've seen all of the different ways that a, a rental can go. I've had the shitty side. I've had the good side. I've had the overexpensive side. I've had the cocksucking landlord. I've had the really, really nice understanding landlord. I've had it all. And I say, are you trying to leave early? Then you're a piece of shit. But Let's see what you actually said, because I'm probably getting a little hasty. Me and my roommates, incorrect grammar, incorrect grammar from the first fucking four words, me and my roommates, Alright, now I was raised by two teachers. It's my roommates and I. Okay? Me and my roommates lease is up on October 31st, and we're moving out. They requested a two-month notice before we did that, but being young men, we forgot. That's the end of the point. You lose. You fucked up. You know what part of being an adult is, bud? You know what being a part of adult society is? It's following the rules every now and then. It's follow- It's more about following the individual rules that you signed up for. And you know what you signed up for? To live in this place. And you know what the living in this place has? Rules. Now, if you don't follow the rules, you're in the wrong. That just is what it is. I don't even fucking, I'm, I don't even feel like reading further because what's your excuse? Fuck it, I'll bite. I'm like Jim Carrey in the movie Yes Man. I'm going to bite on everything. I'll bite. Let's get some new... Let's let's see how far this rabbit hole goes. Back to the post. I've let them know this month of our plans to leave. And they say, due to no notice, spelled due D-O, pissed me off, Due to no notice, they're going to charge us two months rent at market price, which comes out to $2,200. I feel like this is illegal in some way, but I'm not sure. Nope. I'd understand charging a fee and keeping the deposit, but this feels too steep. I'm not sure if we signed something agreeing to this, but I'm unsure if Texas law allows this type of thing. Any form of help would be appreciated. Well, you got one, you got two things going against you right here. First of all, You had one fucking job, right? Hey, your one fucking job is when you plan on moving out, two months notice. And then your second job is you're in Texas, where if you think there's a law that prohibits it, there's not a law that prohibits anything in Texas. It's Texas. That's the least there's a law about that state on the planet. Texas is like, are you going to get money and have guns? Welcome to Texas. Ye haw howdy. You know what I'm saying? You feeling me? Okay? So you fucked up. You're in the wrong. There's nothing that you should say because you fucked up. Hope that helped. Next topic. Scroll. Stop. I have headaches almost every day. Is this normal? Absolutely not. Advice received. Scroll. Stop. What would you do now? That's a good one. I like that. I like that. You appeal to my ego a little bit with the title line. What would you do? Immediately drawing my attention, which appeals to my egotistical side. 10 out of 10 so far for the post. 10 out of 10 once I opened it up because you have one paragraph. Moss 1508, 10 out of 10 so far. Let's see what you need. And I'm here for you, babe. I'll try to keep this short. 10 out of 10 for the opening line. Moss 1508, killing the advice question game. Been working at the same place for 25 years. Wealthy boss and wife works there. Generally get along with them, but they tend to be fake. I help grow slash keep business thriving. Been a love-hate re- been a love hate relationship with them over the years. I've seen their children grow. They are entitled and have been arrogant towards me. Daughter is getting married and they mentioned they wanted to invite me. Here's the thing. I didn't even know their daughter had a boyfriend. I've been to I've been to several of their family funerals and bought beautiful floral arrangements to pay my respects. I don't have many relatives here, but when my aunt and uncle died they didn't show up for service or visitation. I really don't want to go to this wedding what would you do? Thanks in advance. So there's a couple different points that I'm going to make immediately from the jump, okay? Um, You should never do anything out of expectation. And, And what I mean by that is you going to funerals and buying flowers and paying respects should never be a formula that you're trying to put together that you want reciprocated. You should never do anything for it to be reciprocated. You should just only do that thing because it's the right thing to do. You should never tag expectations on the end of it because that just leads to being let down and being upset and it's not worth it. And when you do only do things for the sake of doing them and just to be a good person and be present, it makes you feel a little bit better about who you are as a person when you don't add expectation onto it because you doing something and the reason that you're doing that is not going to reflect on uh, another person doing something and the reason that they would do something. Because they're not you. And And therefore, your standard for how you approach the world should not be the standard that you necessarily hold other people to because everybody else is their own person. And if you don't want to go to the wedding, just don't go to the wedding. Don't make it about the fact that they didn't go to a funeral. Don't make it about the fact that they didn't do something. You're going to kind of get in this weird payback loop where you're like, oh, they didn't do this. Now, I'm not going to do this. And then then that'll build a little bit of resentment on their end. And they'll be like, she didn't, you know, because of this, she didn't do this. And now I'm not going to do that if she wants to act like that. Resentment piles on. If you don't want to go to the wedding, just don't go to the wedding. Because ultimately, their wedding is not going to hinge on whether or not you're there. Because it's not about you when another person is having their big day. The only two people that have to be at a wedding is the bride and groom. Now, you end this by saying, what would you do? I, yeah, I wouldn't go to the wedding. I'd send them a gift or something, probably. But I also know that my presence there is not going to make or break their wedding. So I don't see myself as that important. And I wouldn't make that decision based off the fact that you're resentful towards them for not coming to a funeral. Stop trying to tag things on the back end of it and make it negative. Hope that helped. Next post. Scroll. Stop. Paranoid a robber I reported will come back to murder me. (laughs) Well, shout out Karen in Georgia. Let's fucking see if this is a future my favorite murderer post. That was a little dark, but, you know. This is from Lobo. (laughs) So that sucks. So this is my first Reddit post. I don't... Oh, my God, babe. It's one of those. She wrote us a short story. One, two, three, four, five, six paragraphs and you know what we do we give her one paragraph if she hooks us we'll bite all right but when it comes to something this long i'm not jim carrey and yes man i'm not diving down the rabbit hole because i don't want to waste your time just as much as i don't want to waste mine so you get one paragraph robo so this is my first reddit post I don't know format or anything, but I just need to get this off my chest since I am paranoid. I'm paranoid that the criminals will read this and figure out it's me. My heart is pounding all day and night. I barely slept last night and I doubt I'll sleep tonight. Now, the only hook in that opening paragraph is I'm paranoid that the criminals will read this and figure out it's me, which that's fucking kind of, that's some that's some exciting intense shit. So we're going to continue on I resell items. Losing us? The other day, I got a buyer. They came to my house and ended up pulling a gun on me and robbing me. It was three guys. Now, I live in a pretty safe neighborhood. Um, Say that to the sentence right before that. You know? Live in a pretty safe neighborhood and no neighborhood safe if you're fucking bringing sketchy bitches over. Circling back. Now I live in a pretty safe neighborhood. Just moved here this year. So I honestly didn't think this would happen. There are cameras everywhere from the entrance to the exit. but But still it did. I called the cops and they pulled a lot of my neighbor's cameras and said that they would look into it. Fast forward after phone calls from detectives and whatnot. He tells me that they have suspects for two of three guys, but apparently they are not in jail. He said they were detained and interviewed, but not yet arrested. Don't even know how that works, but whatever. It's called there's no evidence against them directly. They were people of interest and you can only detain those people for so long before it's against the law. There's your answer to that one. Circling back, now he tells me that they'll most likely be in jail soon, but still. Then he tells me that I should be wary because they know I called the cops, if it is them. I don't have a gun. We do have some weapons we can use, but no guns. Now, if someone were to break in with a shotgun, what can I do? Nothing. Well, yeah, a shotgun. <laughs> why a shotgun? <laughs> why, why specify the gun? Like, if someone were to break in with a shotgun, what can I do? You're not doing shit against a shotgun. But also, you're not doing shit against any gun. I don't care if it's one of those little fucking open-up-the-wallet-metal-claspy guns that hookers had in back in the brothel days. I don't care if it's one of those guns. You're not doing shit. Don't have to specify shotgun. Circling back, now I'm paranoid. Every car that slows down around my house had me breathing hard with 911 on my phone app already. Don't even close it. Just leave it open. What do you mean on your phone app? You have 911 on an app? Do you mean your calls? Do you mean you opened the phone part of your phone and you have 911 dialed into your phone? Why did you say the phone app? Why did you say app? I digress. Circling back. I'm so scared, man. I got my whole family in here. I don't know what to do. I'm just up by the window above my door, slightly cracked, so I can hear sounds outside. I hope I catch it in time and the police arrive soon enough before they're all dead. Jesus Christ. I grew up in probably the worst neighborhood in my state, so I know about gang violence and how snitches end up. Wish I just left it alone at this point, but I don't know what to do. I thought we made it out and those hood rules would not apply to this. But I was wrong. I was trying to find others in similar situations to me, but didn't see anything online. My family seems so calm about it. Like, just because we're in a good neighborhood now, bad things can't happen. It takes two minutes to break in and get rid of us. Cops will... So drastic, dude. Cops will take longer than that. I just need statistics or something about how many snitches actually end up dead. We have young people in the house. What will happen to them? Feel free to ask questions. I'll answer as long as I'm up, so hopefully all night, but I won't get too specific. (laughs) So specific already, shotgun, but I won't get too specific as it is still an ongoing case. Wow. I mean, that's fucking rough, bro. And I'm calling you bro because you called me man. That's fucking rough. And as the old saying goes, snitches get stitches, or I guess in your case, stitches... Hopefully don't get shotgun shells? I mean, uh, first thing I would do is find a way to gad it the fuck up. I know you said you don't have guns, but I bet you have friends that have guns. You're from the hood, you said. You probably got access to some fucking serial number filed off Glock. So you can pow-pow a bitch or two that steps through the door now with your level of paranoia. I don't know if that's such a great idea because you're going to probably kill the fucking mailman on accident. Because I can feel you through this post, you're already at a 1,000. In terms of easing your brain, no one's going to be able to do that. Because even if people start throwing out statistics, that's just fucking statistics. And ultimately, they don't mean anything because each individual experience is different. So, I would say get the fuck out of the house for a while. Ask the police if they could have a squad car by your home if, that's, if you're unavailable to exit the house for a while. Go stay with a friend. Maybe divide and conquer. You go stay somewhere. Send your family somewhere else safe. That's what I would do. If it was, well, actually, that's not what I would do. I would definitely not leave my family. So, or I would just find a different house to stay at. And I would gat the fuck up. Honestly. And I would call the cops and see if they could have uh, a patrol. Because that's their job. Protect and serve. What's the first word? Protect. See if you can have a squad car patrol the area. Especially if you're in a nice neighborhood. Either leave the house for a while. And if that's not an option, have a squad car patrol it. Now, here's a fucking catch-22 that might ease your brain a little bit. Say it was those two guys, right? And then those two guys came back to your house after they were detained for a while and everybody got murked. The cops are going to go, it's the two guys, obviously. And they know that. They know that if they're the ones that robbed you, and then you snitched, and then they were detained for a while, they know that they are on the cops' radar. So if you and your family end up dead, it's going to point directly to two people because those are the only two people that fucking knew about it. So hopefully these guys aren't dumb shits, and they're able to piece that together if this is even a legitimate worry. Now, I'm not anywhere near the fucking hood, shout out Idaho, so I don't necessarily know the rules of the streets. But I know if it was me and I tried to rob somebody and then the cops brought me in and my ears were hot for an entire interview, but then I escaped the interview, I'm not going to press my luck by going back to the house that I previously robbed. It's probably fucking dead and over. Probably. Statistically, you know? Statistically. But also, at the same time, I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about with this situation. I'm just talking about people on an average. An average person would just cut their fucking losses and move on. Not try to exact revenge over the fact that you called the cops after I robbed you. I actually want to see. Maybe there's some thugs in the comments of, uh, on the replies of this post. How fucking wild would it be if it was like, we know it's you. And just, like, typed her fucking address if, like, one of the fucking guys that robbed her actually found her Reddit post. Which is, like, that's one of her paranoia. She's worried that they're going to find the Reddit post. What fucking robbers are on Reddit? Are they taking breaks in between their Game of Thrones binging to jump on fucking advice column on Reddit randomly and record a podcast? And, uh... So let me let me read some of these replies. That's rough. I'm sorry that happened for you. Think of it this way. Police already have two out of three suspects on radar. They're known. If they're smart criminals, they will know if something happens to you, they will be the sus they will be suspects number one. And like you said, there's cameras everywhere. Would they really want a murder charge? Doubt it. I mean, when I'm fucking right, I'm right. Oh, she replied to that. That's what my family says. It seems that would be really dumb, but at the same time, you never know what people are capable of. That's what scares me. Now, listen, if you're just going to constantly do the circle back thing, where no matter what someone says, you're just going to try to poke a hole in it based off of, you never know, you literally typed, you never know, why are you asking? This other person said, alarm your house. Add those noisy things that go off when a door or window is breached. Put something noisy on all the doors. That lead to the outside and get cameras. Also, go buy a gun and make sure everyone in your home has safety training for handling guns. Okay. Now, this response is from Summertime Fine. Hey, summertime fine. I feel like this is a little more of a time pressing issue. <laughs> summertime fine. Now I said to just fucking cop a buddy's gun for a little while. That's what I said. Summertime finds like Here's what you do. You got to call a security company, install an, en- an entire security system in your house. That's usually a two week wait list. And then you got to do the installation and all that shit. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go take Hunter's ad. And you're going to go through the qualification process of buying yourself a gun. And then you're going to take you and your family down to the range and train yourself on how to fucking fire the gun. I feel like it, this is an issue little more time pressing than that. But their response continued on. If you trust your neighbors, give them a description of the suspects and ask them to keep an eye out. Maybe that's that's a fucking great piece of advice right there. That one is great. Also, in the future, please always meet in a public place. You can't trust any stranger coming into your home. That's so dangerous. you don't know, gonna be condescending. You don't think she knows that now? You don't think the first thing she thought was, "I'm never allowing someone to come to my house ever again." You don't think that's the first thing? So condescending. Fuck off with your time frame and your condescensions. And she, rep- and then Lobo replied to that reply and says, "We have all that already for in-store pickup tomorrow. <laughs> also, we are trying to get alarms installed as soon as possible. I don't know about the gun thing, but I'm looking into it. That one seems to be the one that will take the most time." All I'm saying is if we had a crossroads and you were in Texas, you could buy seven guns in twenty-six minutes from this exact moment. That's what I'm saying. If you were in Texas, where there's definitely no laws about breaking the rules of your lease and getting charged for it, you'd have seven guns in twenty six seconds. And that or twenty six minutes. And that's just is what it is. Sorry to tell you. But no, for real, this is fucking a wild story. Really, really enjoyed reading that post. Super duper interesting. We are, this is actually going to be the first thing that we follow up on. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out how to fucking save that later because have no idea how to actually operate Reddit. Only know how to scroll and stop. We're going to find that later. I'm going to write down Lobo. That's probably how you can do it. So fucking old, dude. And we're going to follow up on that to see what 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 came to fruition on that post. This is our first fucking mystery, babe. What am I, turning into a goddamn true crime podcast? Hang on to your fucking seats. We're going to have a follow-up on that. That was so interesting. I'm going to stop on that one. That was so great. We're going to stop on that one. Lobo, thank you for that. Hope everything works out okay. And if anyone knows who fucking Lobo is on Reddit, don't tell the robbers, one. And two, tell... Home slice to reach out to Cheer Up Babe the podcast because we want to fucking talk to you. But yeah, babe, that's it. Okay? Have a fucking fantastic Halloween. Be safe. Follow the Instagram. Do your cub due diligence and spread the fucking word. If any of you decide to dress up for Halloween as a cub, let me know. Possibly make a post about it. We can get wild and crazy, there could be some free fun shit for you. Okay? But babe, have a great week. Go out there. Don't be a bummer, and cheer up, babe. And for the spooky episode, I'm gonna take you out with a little bit of theme, theme music directly from mine and Billy Steinlich's childhood. That's a Chromebook with built-in virus protection, ad. so you can click with confidence. With no more of this. Oh, and, and it's one of those ads that you can't skip. Cool, super fucking viruses. cool. Give it three seconds. Okay. And now I'm going to take you out with some music from my childhood with (laughs) Billy Steinleck. This is not it. This is not it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Happy Halloween, everybody.